Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. Discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417 417- Two nine five zero seven two three. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. I'm here with my co-host. Oh, that's good. We're we're good. Okay. He he was making sure we were recording. <laughs> I got my co-host here, John Mitchell. Um, and today's guest, I'm pretty excited about, especially because it's my industry. Uh, everybody that listens to the podcast already knows I have a pest control business, and we're bringing on. Tom Mache, who is the president of Mache Pest Control, which started in 2019. Uh, Mache Pest Control is the top-rated family-owned and operated pest control company serving the greater D.C. and Baltimore area with a 4.9-star rating, and you have over 1,000 reviews online. Uh, it took you less than three years, and you've grown it into four locations, and it sounds like it's a, at least a $2 million company. Does that sound right, Tom? It does. Awesome. So let's just tell your story. How did you get started in pest control? And uh, we'll start talking about what it takes to start a company and, and scale it. Okay. So I start in pest control goes way back. Um, I was new when, so I went to BYU for a little bit. I ended up dropping out of college, but I was recruited to sell door to door. That was my start in pest control. I was not very good at it. <laughs> um, completely mediocre. But that's what got me into the industry. I started working as a technician for a company in the area. I worked as a service manager for them as well. And then I changed companies, worked as a technician and service manager for a while. I was a regional manager for a few years for a different company. And I have four kids. I knew I just needed to start a business. I knew I couldn't travel as much as I was doing. I wanted to get a better family and home life. It was, I was working too much and the kids knew it. My yeah, wife and knew just, it. just so it. people that haven't, don't know the door-to-door world, like, I mean, you're working like 12 hour days, Monday through Friday, half day, Saturday, you usually have to travel to whatever location you're in. So it, it can be tough on, on family life. Yeah, it really is. Um, so I started my company. My original plan was I was going to go knock on some doors and sell some customers and service them on the spot and just grow a little company and eventually get into maybe doing some real estate. What I ended up doing is I figured I should get some listings online try and just attract attention that way, get people that are already looking for pest control companies. 
And what I told myself is I was going to get the easy stuff to make knocking doors, which I didn't like doing. I'm, I'm not amazing at it. I wanted to minimize as much of that as I could and just focus on the easy stuff and grow it that way. But within a few months, I had a few trucks going. We were growing that fast online. It was a completely different trajectory than I had anticipated. So where are you? So you, you started out this company, uh, you kind of started out in the more of the service side, the technician side of, of doing this company. What made you decide like, ultimately like, man, I want to start a, I want to start my own company. What was it that wanted you to start a business? You know, when I was working for other companies, I would naturally work 80 to hundred hours a week, but I wasn't ever reaping the rewards of putting in that kind of time. And I knew if I was going to devote that type of effort, I'd be able to build something really good. And I just wanted to be able to create that for myself and reap those rewards. Did, did you say you were married and had kids when you started the business? Yeah. So we had three at that point. We have four now. It's, it's been a ride. How, how did you, uh, how'd you overcome the fear of starting a business? I mean, what made sense to you to, to break away from your job and, and just jump in head first to starting a business? You know, everyone around me was a lot less scared than I was. <laughs> um, I'll credit that to my wife. She knew that I would be successful and I knew that I could at least put on probably a couple hundred accounts in a summer and get a sustainable business. I, the fundamental business plan I knew would be successful. So we had enough money saved up that I knew we could at least grow it to that point, live off our savings. Right. Let's talk a little bit about like what it took to get a, a company started. Cause I think a lot of times uh, people that are listening to the podcast, they're interested in starting a business or yep. they're just fresh at starting a business and they don't know what to do or how to do it. Can you talk through like what it took to start a company? And then we can kind of start talking about how to scale that company. Yeah. So initially you have to have some sort of plan. You have to have some type of model, some type of plan. You have to know it's going to make money, right? Um, you need to know the basics and how to get a customer, how to service it and how to administer things on the back end. You don't need to know everything, but the basics, like how you're going to get some money coming in and how you're actually going to operate it. The rest you can figure out after, because I'd been in the business a while, I knew the basics of how to get a customer. I knew I was going to knock on doors. I'd put in years as a technician. So I knew that I could service it. Um, I didn't know. I knew more than the average person about operating it on the back end, administering, but I knew I was going to answer the phone and just figure it out yeah. on the back end. After that, it was, I got an LLC. I registered with the state, made sure I had some type of legal protection. I got licensed, the licensing that I needed. 
and insurance. And I just started selling stuff. <laughs> I didn't get much in the way of vehicle, like vehicles can be rented if you don't have a vehicle right away. You don't need much in the way of equipment to get started. I didn't buy any of my equipment until the jobs were sold. Right. That's awesome. I, I like that. Cause you, you, so you pre-sold basically. And once you knew you had that done, then you'd go out and get the equipment to be able to service yep. those houses. Nice. That's awesome. I, I love what you said about just getting started because like, you're right. Like, I feel like, cause I remember even when I started, I felt like I had to know a lot more than what I actually needed to know. And I just needed yep. to get started. And once you get started, you, you get the ball rolling. And I, I really like what you said about once you get the ball rolling, like, I mean, you're going to figure it out as you, as you go along and it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to look like a corporation. That's got the perfect logo, the perfect uniform, perfect trucks or anything like that um, to get started and, and get the ball rolling. I made my logo for like 30 bucks online. <laughs> Same one we're using now. It, perfect. I, and yeah. You, you don't need much. You just need to be able to sell a job, service it and make sure you're legal doing it. Yeah. Perfect. So how were you able to scale your business so fast? Cause it's what, what is this for the fourth year? Is that what, right? Third year, fourth year. So in June, it'll have been three years since we started. Wow. wow. So you're, this is what baffles me is cause you're like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I've got one year on you. Cause like, this is starting my fourth year and you have yep. blown me out of the water uh, with your pest control company. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how you were able to scale that. Cause I know a lot of entrepreneurs or, or small business owners, when they get started, they might got a few clients, but then they're like, man, how do I continue scale to scale up? Yeah. Yeah. So I took a throw a bunch of crap at the wall and see what sticks approach. <laughs> I mean, I was making good money at my job before. So I had a little bit of money to test some stuff out. I tried, I feel like everything in reality, it wasn't everything, but I tried Google ads. I got a website. I tried Facebook ads. I did Valpac. I did Angie's list, home advisor. Thumbtack was a huge one for us. Really? And actually Thumbtack was responsible at the beginning for 75% of our revenue wow we really that was one that we performed exceptionally well on we responded fast we got there fast we were competitively priced without being the bottom priced person and what we did well especially right away is we communicated a high amount of value and delivered fast that's where we really started i feel like we pulled the rug out from under some people that were using thumbtack in our area we just yeah. killed it well there's something to be said about like us as small companies we have a huge advantage over the bigger companies because we are a lot more uh nimble and we can pivot yeah. a lot quicker um and and we can respond a lot faster a lot of times because we need <laughs> we're in more need you know uh we're just we want it we need it I would respond at two in the morning, six in the morning. I didn't care. I was on it. Yeah. I, I remember those days. I remember uh, answering Facebook pages clear until like midnight or later, uh, just responding and say, yeah, we'll get you in at this time. And just like <laughs> knocking it out. I mean, you do what you, you do what it takes. Yep. 
I, I can still feel my eyelids burning from that. What do you feel like? So, and we'll continue to talk about how you scaled the business, but what do you feel like has been like the leading cause of your ability, your, your growth that you've had? I'm going to say we've always delivered excellent service. So that's a crucial part of it. So the people that I have, the team that we have, but just as importantly is we've really leveraged our online reputation on thumbtack we're at the point where we have i want to say 1400 ish hires and over 800 reviews just on thumbtack wow how did you go about finding employees when you were starting to scale up and you knew you couldn't do it all on your own so <laughs> i missed a lead on thumbtack because i was driving to a customer's house so i hired someone and I found someone, they were willing to work. And I, I didn't oversell them on anything. I said, I'll give you a percentage of each job. There's going to be more in the summer than in the winter to start. And over time, I've been able to offer better and better. And I never paid bad. And I've always made a point to pay well, but just communicating the excitement of getting in on the ground floor of a growing company. And I treat Indeed the same way as I treat an online lead source. You get an applicant, you gotta be on that because especially in this environment, they have a job or they're going to get a new job or get a job within like a day or two. I don't know about you guys, but typically we only have like 40% of people actually show up for their interview. Yeah, I've been very fortunate um, that I haven't had too many issues. I've had a couple flaky people, but um, I've been I I look for, I've been recruiting more like locally and where I have almost like through through my network is who I've been kind of hiring through is through okay. people I know. So I luckily haven't had to worry about Indeed or or Facebook or or whatnot. That's the same same for me as well. Yeah. Yep. But granted, my, my business is not as big of a scale as yours is. Uh, I mean, I only have uh, three full-time employees um, hiring a part-time office person and I'm going to be hiring a part-time technician. So, I mean, we're, okay. we're, we're still small, but okay. I want to talk a little bit. I want to backtrack a little bit about hiring somebody. Cause I know for a lot of <laughs> business owners, that is like the scariest thing at first. And a lot of stuff that runs through your mind, like well, they're not going to care about the business as much as me. They're not going to do a good job as me. Like, it's just, I don't want to have to deal with employees and dealing with their BS. So I might as well just do everything myself. I'll probably make more money anyways yeah, that way. Yeah, about paying them. And, and there's a lot of like fear that comes with hiring and a lot of, um, I would say, false uh, stigmatism around it almost. Yeah. <laughs> the reality is they will never do it as well as you they're not as passionate. They're not as invested. They don't have that equity. I mean, you can get people to buy in and get equity partners, but you can only do that so many times so often. Right. Like that's essentially giving away your upside. Right. As a business owner, like you take the risks, that equity is yours because you took those risks. Right. We were just um, talking about that the other day, how a lot of people are like, oh, it must be nice to own a business and not be dealing with all the customers anymore. And 
basically making money, not doing anything. And I'm like, dude, you guys don't realize the risk or the stress of being yeah. a business owner that or we've had to take. And on. the amount of work that goes into it. I mean, goodness. Yeah. People don't realize all the hoops you have to jump through as a business owner. Yeah. It's not for the faint hearted. No, it, I still would have done it. I still would have done it. But I would have been a lot more cautious about it had I known everything involved. <laughs> That's what I told Jake the other day. I was like, dude, if I knew everything I know now getting into the business, I'd have been way too scared to, to jump in. Right? <laughs> I would have been like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this nine to five is not so bad after all. <laughs> <laughs> but but John, is you, you should tell the upside to it too, though, because we're talking we're talking as if it's all bad but we want people to know that like there's so many perks that come to being an entrepreneur or a business owner yeah it definitely has its perks of uh you know freedom of time once you scale up a little bit and just i mean the the control over your life is significant when you go to to owning a business or running a business i mean it has its days but it has more better days than it does bad days for sure yep what i would tell people is you just have to set your expectations appropriately mm -hmm. and you'll get what you accept out of your employees. So you want better. You might have to pay a little more than you were anticipating, but as long as you set the appropriate expectations for yourself, I would say expect like 80% out of your employee, what you would get out of yourself. As long as you're training them appropriately, you should be able to get that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've found in my case, like I thought, cause I had that same mindset where I thought like, dude, they're not going to do a better job than me. Yada, yada, yada. Well, I got an office guy and honestly, he does a way better job than I do at the office stuff than I, I was doing. I'm better at the sales part. When a lead comes in on the phone, I'm better at closing them than him. But as yep. far as everything else he does, I mean, he does way better than me at a lot of it. And like, if I would have had that fear of not moving forward, I wouldn't have been able to scale. Yeah. And it goes back to, we had a guy on last week. It said, you know, he said taking the right person, hiring the right person and putting them in the right seat on the bus is I think what all that boils down to is making sure you have the right people in the right spots. Yeah. Oh yeah. That makes all the difference. So your first hire was a, a technician, right? Somebody to spray for you. Yeah. Okay. So you're out spraying and now you hire another guy to out spraying and you're still answering all the phone calls and, and messages and yep. leads coming in, correct? All the phone calls, messages, leads. I'm in an attic responding to a message real quick. <laughs> so how, how does somebody, how, when is the time for somebody to know when they should hire? Cause I know that's a question that comes up too, is like, uh, I don't know when I need to hire. Like, I feel like I am close, but I'm not sure if I should, it might cost me too much. It might, you know, I might deplete my, my money. When should somebody hire? When should they know? I would say the moment there's a bottleneck, mm -hmm. make a hire. Yeah. That's simple. You have to budget. You have to know. Yeah. Like the bottleneck was me. I couldn't do everything all at the same time. That's why I made that first hire. And then I knew I needed another one because they were full. I was full. So I hired two more technicians. I got, I should have hired one. I hired two, but then both <laughs> of those additional ones were full right away too. Wow. That was running overflow. It was, I'll say three and a half routes within the first year. Wow. And after that, my wife basically, 
what she said was, I want to make it easier for you. You're doing too much. Give me the phone. So <laughs> I gave her the cell phone. I was super nervous about it, but she's done very well as well. That's awesome. So, so is she working in your business full time as well. She is nice. Okay. How does that work out? How, how, how does that work out as far as having your wife in the business? I was just talking to Jake the other day. My fiance is becoming a part of my business as well. And we've talked about it. Some people say don't do it. And some people say do it hundred percent. There's pros and cons. <laughs> um, we've had some better moments. We've had some worse moments, but the reality is we've figured out how to navigate that. We set boundaries. The biggest part was talking to her constructively about work things and making sure there was a clear division between this isn't impacting personal life. I'm not mad at you. It's we need to work positively towards a solution on something. And we got that. I, uh, I always joke around, like if my, my wife is very talented and, but if she worked for me, I'd, I'd probably have to fire her just cause she would challenge everything <laughs> <laughs> in, in a good way too. But I, you know, my pride would be like, I can't hear this from you. <laughs> it would be nice though, that like for you, like your wife has a clear understanding of your business at this point. So that would make, I feel like that would make it an easier home life as well. Yeah. Yeah. And she's been around me being in pest control since 2011. Wow. So it's not like she's entirely new to all of it. Right. It's just teaching her how to do stuff. And honestly, back to what I said earlier, she wasn't as good at it at first as I was. She's better than me at it now because she's been able to focus and specialize on the things that she does. Right. What, what are some things that you feel like, well, let me ask you this first. How big is your team right now? On the service side, well, I'll say field staff because I'll group in our sales inspectors and technicians together. We have eight people going out in the field. I'm a ninth one starting soon. And we have in the office more than we should. We have three full-time customer service reps, one making outbound calls and a part-time and an office manager. But we're anticipating scaling a lot this year as well. And we're overhired in order to not be training people in the middle of the crazy season. Gotcha. Now, are you, do you also do door-to-door sales with your company or are you uh, strictly referrals or online leads? At this point, we're strictly online. I did hire a third-party marketing company to come out and do door-to-door for us last year. Uh huh. But prior to that, it was all online. And this gotcha. year, it's all online as well. Nice. Gotcha. Was that beneficial having that third-party come out and, and do door-to-door sales for you? It was. Um, it was expensive, but they did very well. Um, last year, we tripled in size. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I've, I, uh, I've thought about doing something like that, but I'm just, uh, I want to be so lean. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> so afraid of the ex- extra expense, uh, even though I can see the long-term play, but, um, so talk us a little bit about what kind of processes and systems you had to have in place to be able to scale, because 
it's not just, uh, and, and, and this is for some of our listeners that may not know, it's not just, oh, I hire people and it, this thing works perfectly out. You know, we can, we're able to scale. I just hire people and we're, we're scaling. That's all we need to do. We need to get more customers and hire people and that's it. There's a lot more to it. For everything, there is a system. Everything from customer acquisition, you need a system to generate leads, generate phone calls, generate brand awareness. We have systems for that. We have a system for hiring and training customer service reps and inside sales reps. We have systems for hiring and training technicians. And then on the back end, we have a really good CRM that helps us manage the customer relationships, scheduling, notifications, billing. We're very system heavy. And as we grow, we're adding, we're adding even more. That's awesome. I, uh, when you first were doing everything, were you able to, to build out a pretty decent clientele? Like your first year, was it just you your first year or did you hire that second person sometime in that first year? So the, my wife took the phone for me, I want to say probably November, December, 2019. Okay. We hired the first dedicated customer service rep, probably February, March of 2020. Um, and we got a phone system a little bit before that and implemented slingshot for like overflow and after hours, we have a call center that helps us out. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, the reason why I was asking that is because when I look back and how I was able to scale my business to where it's at now, and I know I'm not even close to the size that you are. Um, the one thing that led to like my success was when I was doing everything and I taught and I trained my technicians to do this too. Now is that we earn the right to be able to ask for a Google review by providing a quality service. And at the yep. end of the service, we would ask for them to like us and share us on Facebook and to, to leave a Google review. And that helped our online presence that we're like one of the top rated here in my area um, just because of that. And we're, and we're not even at the level that you are and, and, and we're still very small. Yeah. So I automated that. I mean, we've always, we do more for our service. We've always done more for our service than all the other companies in the area. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy, in my opinion, to confidently ask for a good review. And we have it automated so that every time we do a service, the customer gets a text asking, how did we do? And it has a link for them to leave a review. Yeah, that's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, scalability too. And just what, what did it take to get where you are? I know we were kind of hammering this question over and over, um, but I want people to know a little bit more of like some tactics, some how to's on, on scalability. So tactics and how to's I could talk a lot about a lot of different because every medium has a different strategy. We try and standardize it, systematize it, but every wicket's a little different. So let's talk Yelp. If you ask for reviews on Yelp, they'll blacklist you and they just don't show your business. 
but you don't get any traffic if you don't do it, if you don't get reviews on Yelp. So let's talk Yelp specifically. A lot of people hate it. It works. It has its designated, like there are people that use it for everything. So what did we do right away? We asked for reviews. I knew they were all going to get hidden, but it took a couple of days for it to get hidden. <laughs> so we built a little bit of a review base on there. I knew we were getting a penalty and we were losing all those reviews. But eventually when we stopped asking for those reviews, some of them started coming back and we gained some traction. So now we can advertise on Yelp successfully. And we have, I think on our Manassas listing, the five-star rating, 50 some visible reviews. Wow. So it's, it's definitely possible, it's doable. Okay. Um, Thumbtack, the trick was just respond instantly. Say we'll be there as soon as this afternoon, tomorrow morning like being pretty specific about how quickly we could be there. Um, that worked really well for us. Getting those reviews, it makes a huge difference. So we've always asked for those reviews. Um, from day one, we've asked for reviews. We don't yeah. gate it. We don't not ask for reviews from certain people. We ask everybody. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you, you will absolutely a thousand percent receive. Yeah, it's it's crazy. What what mindset did it did you have to get into to be able to not only start a business, but then what mind shift mind shift change did you have to make to be able to scale your business? The mindset to start the business was the I wanted to be able to have the self control, the motivation. I wanted to be the master of my ship so to say, um, the shift is learning to give up control, give up responsibility, especially knowing that you have the time for it right now and you're better at it right now. You have, you're going to have some time to kill initially when you give up the responsibility over something and the performance is going to be less. Just let go and do it. Eventually, they'll be better than you. Just make sure that the mind shift was just learning to let go and give up those things. Yeah. Knowing that it would pay dividends in the long run. And it yeah. has. That's awesome. John and I talk about this a lot. Uh, and and uh, we talk about originate, delegate to elevate. And, uh, you know, originate is basically coming up with like it, the system, right? Like, uh, if you service a house a certain way, you have a checklist, systematic way of how it needs to be done. That's the originate. Now yep. you delegate it. So you got to find the who can get it done. And then yep. that elevates you to take off that hat. So you're no longer doing that to rise up to the next level. So like, say you go from technician to office manager and then office manager to CEO or whatever you have, to, it's the same process every time. Yep. So cool. Well, uh, Let's see what time are we at here. I don't, I don't remember when we got started, but um, we don't want to eat up too much of your time. Tell us a little bit about um, where your company is at now. I know we we said it's at a you said two million dollar company. Yeah, about that right now. Yeah, let's talk about what what you got going on right now. What the future holds for uh, Mache Pest Control. What we got going on right now and what the future holds. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like we're in a really good spot to grow. Um, we're staffed appropriately to grow. We are, we're in a good market to grow. This is a very, I don't know, a great way to put it. There's a lot of acquisitions in our area. So when other companies buy companies, there's a little bit of fallout, which lets us pick that up. Mm. We're also doing very well online. Sorry. You're good. For, for our listeners, he, he's, he's in his office at the, the business, it seems like. <laughs> um, we, so we're poised online. I've invested very heavily into SEO the last six months, especially. Mm-hmm. So between that and our Google ads and Facebook ads, I'm really starting to focus on those. We're getting a lot of attention and we're growing fast. So I can see us doing extremely well this year and even next year because there's just a lot of room to grow in this market. We cover pretty wide territory. Uh We're barely scratching the surface of what the market has in terms of customer base. That's awesome. Have you ever heard of uh, geofencing? Yep. Are you guys doing any marketing where you're geofencing like certain locations that are nice subdivisions, higher end subdivisions or whatever, and marketing directly to those, those neighborhoods? I can neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking into that myself right now. So that's, uh, I was just curious. So yeah, we're doing a few different things that are, are allowing us to be pretty targeted with our customer acquisition. Okay. That's cool. What Tom, what do you feel like has been one thing that has led to your success so far? If you could narrow it down to one thing, what would it be? Um, one thing. Yeah. Just one thing. And then you can give us a bonus one if you need to. All right. I'm, I'm going to say luck, but I'm going to, add to that that I think people can make their own luck and I might not be the smartest person in the room but I know I'll outwork everybody else in the dang room so my bonus one I'll say is tenacity I feel like I make my luck yeah but definitely I think we're just hitting a lot of things right right what's that old adage it's like what preparation where preparation meets opportunity that's basically what luck is where preparation yep. meets opportunity. I think so. So you, you've just prepared and then opportunities have come and then your tenacity has helped you to, to grow and scale. Yep. It, the timing on a lot of things has just been magical. That's awesome. I, I couldn't have planned it and asked for it. It's just things, opportunities present themselves and I'm in a position to be able to take advantage. Gotcha. I We need to get more people to, let us know what kind of questions they want us to ask on these podcasts, because I feel like there's so much more we could pull from, from your mind and stuff. I know you and I have networked uh, quite a bit when I was down in Vegas for the pest world, I was picking your brain quite a bit. And uh, even, even just recently, I I hit you up on Facebook and was picking your brain about some different stuff. But um, 
if our viewers listen to this, if you guys are interested in knowing more about business, real estate, whatever, if there's any questions, comments, uh, things you want us to ask, please let us know. Hit us up on our Facebook page at the Growth Circle Podcast. Um, John, is there anything you else you wanted to add? Let's hit the final three. All right, we'll hit the final three. Uh, Tom, what is one of the most recent books you've read and what's one thing you've learned from it? One of the most recent books I've read, I actually have it right here. It's Ogilvy on advertising. <laughs> Ogilvy? What is that even? Is that a, what's that mean? What does that mean? Is that a name? That's a guy, isn't it? It's a name. David Ogilvy founded the, I think he founded the Ogilvy Institute. Oh, okay. I hope his name's David. Otherwise I just made a fool of myself, (laughs) Uh, but he's run a lot of advertising campaigns for a lot of companies and they've been able to test a lot of tried and true principles. So, I mean, they talk about everything from font size to what types of font, bold, italic, whether to do dark lettering on a light background, light lettering on a dark background. Um, just the way the page is laid out, there's so much that makes a difference. And as we've tried stuff out and implemented it, it's paid dividends, wow. large dividends. Which I've seen some of your recent marketing stuff that you're pushing out on social media and stuff, and it looks awesome. So. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be stealing some of your ideas because they are so good. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so kudos Invitation, to you. Best form of, what is it? Flattery. I don't know. Something about imitation and flat. Imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Yeah. Well, nice. I'm about to imitate you, homie. <laughs> How about it? Uh, the second one is what's one principle you strive to live your life by? Integrity. You say you're going to do something, do it even when it's not convenient. As one of my good friends says, do the harder right. I like that. Do the harder right. Do the harder right. Yeah. Nice. Jake, take that last one. Uh, Last question. What is one of the greatest pieces of advice you've been given? And uh, uh, yeah, that's it. What's the greatest piece of (laughs) advice you've been given? (laughs) Greatest piece of advice I've been given. I've always been an achiever. I've always wanted to do well, be the best. The best piece of advice I've been given is all you need is to be good enough. You don't need to be perfect. We talked about it the most when I was playing volleyball. You don't need to have that perfect spike. You don't need to put it right in that perfect spot. It just needs to win the point. Good enough. Do it good enough. Good enough for who it's for. (laughs) That's what I always say. Well, awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast, Tom. Uh, If people are in your area listening to this, get get Mache Pest Control. They'll take good care of you. Uh, Tom, where can people find out more about you? So best way to learn about me is probably my LinkedIn. I'm going to say the best way to learn about the company is to check out our website, www.michepestcontrol.com, M-I-C-H-E-P-E-S-T-C-O-N-T-R-O-L.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. We'll have to 
keep up with where you're at with your pest control business and probably have you back on and, and talk more. Yeah, it was my pleasure to join you guys. Thank Thanks, you. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Engledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time.